in this episode of Model Railroad Talk, we are going to be discussing adding and changing cars, locomotives, what have you, uh, to fit your railroad. Um, we're also going to be short, short discussion on weathering track and actually using uh, a product that's not really thought about being used for ballast. Plus, we have a review. So stick around and uh, we'll get the show on the tracks. We are getting this show on the tracks right now. I'm your host, The Bandit. Um, yes, we have actually, you notice the intro is slightly different. Um, I don't know. Just felt like doing something a little different. Uh, Got to keep you listeners on your toes. Um, but yeah, like we said today, <clears throat> we are going to be discussing adding and changing those added cars and locomotives uh, to fit your railroad. Um, in the first half and then uh, the second half we're going to be just touching on weathering track um and using actually crushed walnut shells in place of ballast so um that's something that i seen on uh, uh several several months ago that i seen on uh model railroad academy they had a short i don't know six or nine minute video on it and um you know i got thinking Hey, if I can save a little money there, um, I can put that money towards locomotives, cars, whatever, or lumber to finish building or work on building more of my railroad. Um, so I looked into it and, and I'm like, you know what? I'm going to talk about that on an episode. And then we actually have a review at the end of this that we always do. Um, but I'll start out by saying Evan Designs. Um, we reached out to them and we had great communication with them. Bunch, great bunch of people over there. Um, and they actually sent us four of their items that they make for a review. So I'm excited about it because I, you know, I, I hope I don't spoil it for you, but I, uh, I really, I don't have anything bad to say about them, about the products they sent me. I'm, I'm actually excited about um, all the products they have, you know, and the uses for them. So We'll get to that. But first, the main part of the show, the first, I shouldn't say main part, the first part of the show, um, adding and changing cars and locomotives to fit your railroad. And where this came from is my railroad. Um, you see so much of people, and I see it in a lot of the groups I'm in, where people are looking for a specific locomotive. And, I, and I'm not cutting down if, you, if you're modeling a specific railroad specific time frame so you're looking for exact cars locomotives buildings and you know hey it's your railroad right um i'm this is stemming from mine uh i'm doing the iowa eastern railroad which i'm sure you all know uh mine is a freelanced um where they purchase my railroad basically purchases locomotives um that are good decent good older locomotives from 
other railroads that are selling them or leasing companies that they can use. And then it's just my railroad right now doesn't have the funds to repaint them or anything like that. So basically they go through, um, you know, they block out the, the former railroads uh, reporting marks and whatnot. And then they put in theirs, which is IERC. And, but they also, my railroad also leases from different railroads, you know, for like bigger power and stuff, because, you know, my, my, uh, fictional railroad, my, uh, uh, not prototype, my, uh, freelance railroad only has so much money. So, um, and there, there's a smaller one that just recently got, tra- uh, bought their trackage rights in the, you know, Eastern Iowa and stuff like that. So they're trying to build my base. My railroad is basically, I am building, we, the railroad is building the business in a sense. So I've been, um, you know, as, as I said in earlier episodes that compared to my last railroad, I had 15 years ago. Um, I have next to nothing for rail cars and locomotives. So, you know, uh, my last railroad, um, and unfortunately before my divorce, I had three, 400, maybe roughly, I don't remember exactly like around 400 locomotives and I had 11, 1200 rail cars. So now I've got, well, I'm counting in my head right now. One, two, three, I got four locomotives. I got four more on the way, but I've also only got 20 or 25, between 25 and 30 locomotives, we'll say, or I'm sorry, rail cars, which obviously I got to build my rail car up. Um, the locomotives I just recently purchased, I got one heck of a deal on them. I couldn't pass them up. So I went ahead and got them. And, you know, that's one of them things that I told myself, you know, I got my switcher, I got my road locomotives, and then I got my old steamer that keeps kind of ticking me off. The decoder keeps losing some of its programming and I got to figure that out. But, um, that's a whole nother subject, but you know, I, I told myself, you know, I'm going to build up my rail car, um, before I really about worry about locomotives, but that's one of them things that, or I should say worry about any more locomotives, but that's one of them things where I came across, I got a heck of a deal on it. Um, so I couldn't pass it up. So, um, but anyways, uh, so the locomotives I'm getting now, mind you, my Iowa Eastern railroad, um, IERC, um, they do have their own logo. Um, color scheme for their locos. We don't, since it doesn't actually have any IERC painted locomotives, my, my color scheme, I haven't gotten up to that yet. I figure once my actual physical railroads built, then I can worry about repainting the locomotives. But, um, so, I mean, like, uh, the existing, I got two Santa Fe FP 45s. Um, I got, um, and I'm not counting the steamer in there. I got a CSX, what is it? SW 1500 or something like that switcher. Um, I actually have a Jeep 35 or 38 coming, which is in a Chessy paint scheme. Um, I've got a CPSD 40, 40 or 45-2 coming in, which that's going to be a quote-unquote leased from CP. And then I got two BNSF C44-9s coming in, which are leased from the BNSF. So those, my CP and my BNSFs that are actually coming in, um, hopefully Monday, and then I got to put decoders in. Um, those are going to be leased. I'm not going to change reporting marks, nothing like that. The most I'll probably do with those is weather them. And I'll probably weather them fairly heavily just because, um, in my world, um, 
the the companies they leased them from CP and BNSF, you know, of course they're not going to lease them brands making new locomotives, you know, they're going to be used ones. <clears throat> and, uh, but the Chessie one, the B and O Chessie that's coming in, that is actually going to be one that the Iowa Eastern purchased. So, um, you know, I guess where I'm getting at is if you are freelancing and I get people like to be able to, um, you know, buy a locomotive and be able to set it on the track, whether it's DC or DCC. So obviously if it's DCC, you know, you, if, you, if you're that type of person, then that's fine. Um, you're going to want to buy it where it's got the decoder in it. Most you're probably going to have to do is program it, you know, whether it has sound or not, but program the address if you do want to program it um, and set it on the tracks. Fine. Um, but I, I did that before. Um, my old railroad, I mean, I had my core, I more or less modeled the BNSF. So I had a majority of my locomotives were BNSF, Burlington, Northern Santa Fe, you know, or the, the heritage of the BNSF. I did have other locomotives and other paint schemes from other railroads because I liked them. And those were just like visiting power back then. But with me coming into this one where I'm doing a complete um, fictional railroad, I'm like, I don't really care you know what, um, you know, it's not going to be hard to take a little bit of paint, whether now me, I'll probably airbrush. Um, but if you don't have an airbrush or you don't have, um, you or say you do have an airbrush, but you're not really comfortable using it, say masking off a little square on, especially on a locomotive, um, you know, and painting it gray or black or white or whatever color you need to block out, say the reporting number or reporting marks. Um, you know, it's not to say you can't mask it off, use, use some paint uh, or take a brush, maybe thin the paint, depending on the thick thinness or, you know, how thick the paint is and just brush it, but brush it really thin, that kind of thing. See, I'm planning on airbrushing my little square, my blackouts, okay, or blockouts or whatever you want to call it. And then for now, just temporarily, I am using, uh, wood, uh, yeah, it's Woodland Scenics, uh, Oh, what do you call it? Pressure or uh, the basically the letters and numbers that you can you just take like a like a pencil or something hard. You know, you set it up there and you dry dry transfer. There we go. I had a uh, yeah, I had a brain wasn't working there. Dry transfer numbers and letters, and I'm gonna basically just do that um, for now. Um, you know, I do know down the road. Yes, eventually down the road at least the uh, locomotives that I'm, I currently have and the ones that are coming in, I do know at least one, two, three, four of them for sure are going to get repainted, complete repaint. But there again, that's down the road. But in the meantime, since building a model railroad, the bigger your model railroad is, the more steps and the bigger the steps are, I guess. So, not everybody has the funds or the time to be able to just build all the bench work and then build all the track and then, you know, in stages, which, you know, you should, um, if you, if you, if you can, great, but like me, I'm also kind of rethinking some of my track plan and how I'm going to do the bench work. So that's kind of why I haven't like jumped in, um, and, 
start building more bench work. I mean, I have one part of it finished up, but the one earth, I already have it figured out. Um, and I have pretty much the upper level figured out, but I got to get the rest of the bottom level figured out. And the one side I already of, of the railroad, I have it figured out, but I have to get the other side figured out before I do the other side, the side I have figured out because the side that is completed in my head, we'll say, is going to have a, uh, I don't know if it's going to be a lift out section or a drop section or swing section or whatever of track to where the only, you really only have to duck under the upper level at that point, which will be roughly 60 inches, uh, five foot off the ground. So really, uh, you know, just under five foot tall. So like four foot six is about the bottom of it, where that bench work is going to be. So you're not going to have to duck that much. So in the meantime, while I'm trying to get all this figured out and exactly how I'm going to do it, instead of just jumping in and then having to change a whole bunch of stuff, in the meantime, I'm like, you know what? Let's work on our railroad stock, our, our car stock, uh, locomotive, you know, and the details on that side of it. For um, That way, when I get to the point where I can actually start running more, or I should, I should say get, be able to run trains longer, than just switching in my yard that's set up right now. Um, I can, you know, that part's kind of done. You know what I mean? So, yeah, I mean, I guess when I, this whole thing is, is I, I, I've seen it in these groups, people looking either a looking for specific locomotives or um, they're frustrated because there's limited availability of the locomotives they want or in the paint scheme or what have you. And I understand not everybody is in this hobby. You can't be a perf you can't be perfect in every aspect. I mean, some people are, and some people are close, and some people, you know, like doing all 100 of the fa uh, all facets of the hobby. Doesn't mean we're perfect at it though, and there's nothing wrong with that. Um, some people don't like doing scenery. Some people don't like painting. Some people don't like doing detailing. I mean, um, weathering, um, you know, track work, electrical work, whatever. And, but unfortunately that's part of it. So, I mean, if you have people that can do this, these other things and are willing to help you and step in and, you know, contribute, that's awesome. Um, I unfortunately don't really have anybody that at least right now, um, at least close by. Um, I'm sure if some of you listeners were closer, you'd be more than happy to come over and help. <laughs> but, you know, close by though, you know, so it's basically just me. And that's where I like being able to do different parts of the hobby when I feel like doing different parts of the hobby. And this is one of them, you know, bringing in locomotives and bringing in cars and, you know, um, I was talking about this with Eric, uh, with the episode that, uh, episode 18, um, I, I, I'm was chit chatting with, to, uh, him today on messenger. And like he said, you know, if, if I ever get to the point where, you know, of course I'm paraphrasing, um, if, if I ever get to the point where, um, I get caught up on all my little projects that I start, what am I going to do? You know? And he has a good point. Um, but like I kind of said to him, you know, us as model railroaders, are we ever not going to find the next project if we do say, say you've got 20 projects on your workbench right now and 
you somehow magically you get all 20 of those done without starting anymore and let's say you've got your railroad built you're happy you know are you can any one of us actually say that we would never start another project it doesn't matter what it is whether it be cleaning track uh maintenance upgrades um you know maybe there's that new locomotive or car that comes out and you have to order it in and weather it or get it to your railroad standards that kind of thing there's always going to be a project and i think that's a good thing especially with this hobby because there's so many people that come into the hobby and you know they get that and and i keep referring back to this but this is how a lot of us started you know you get that that loop of track with a, a siding and a spur or even just a straight loop of track and you put it on that two foot by four foot or four by eight sheet of plywood and you run the trains around and so many people do that and they don't understand I, I don't know if it's they don't understand but they don't maybe realize how much deeper into the hobby a person can get um it's like one of uh our premium members um um actually i uh i actually work with her she you know she's her she grew up with um you know her grandfather and stuff doing trains and stuff and you know when she was a young kid she you know she enjoyed watching them and stuff but she actually made a comment to me oh this last week that you know i didn't realize or she didn't realize i should say how much actually went into this hobby you know the little bits and details and how much detail and it's and Having said that, you can make it as complicated or as simple as you want. But I think a lot of it is the, you know, people get into the hobby, they get that, that look or that uh, train set, get it set up, they see it run around in circles, and either A, they can't afford it, B, they can't afford the space, um, or B, or C, you know, they just lose interest. Is that because maybe they didn't know there's more out there or, you know, what is it? And going back to what we're saying, what originally of adding and changing cars and locomotives to fit my railroad or your railroad, there's always something you can do in this hobby at any given point. Um, you know, like I've stated, I'm still trying to figure out part of my lower level track work and bench work. So why not work on some of these other things, you know? Um, so getting back to that, and one way I am, and you say, well, I don't have time right now, or I bought an airbrush and I want to get a little, you know, a little more um, experience with it before I start spraying on my locomotives, or, or I'm not sure, maybe you, you're doing free, uh, freelance railroad, and you haven't figured out like I have, you know, mine's the Iowa Eastern Railroad, you know, IERC, that kind of thing. Maybe you haven't figured that out yet, and, or you're in the process of it. Um, that doesn't mean you can't temporarily change those cars. I, um, the reason why I did it, and, and I did it this way, and I'll tell you how I did it here in a, in a bit, but I, the way I went about doing it is so that way it helps me visualize a little more um, on how it's going to look. So what I do is I take post-it notes. doesn't matter what color, whatever. Like I've got the traditional yellow ones. And what I do is I take a post-it note off and I figure out on the back exactly where the sticky stuff is, okay? And then I cut the non uh, the paper with no stickum or whatever you want to call it off. 
And then I just take a pen or a sharp, small Sharpie or whatever, something you can write uh, and, and read your writing on there, write on there. And then I cut it to length or height, you know, depending on how much space you have. I take that, that, that um, post-it, little post-it note, and I stick it on the side of the locomotive or the rail car um, where I would put the reporting marks or um, uh, the car number, you know, what have you. That way, even though the graphics, they're not, they're not changed. You know, like I got four cars in, they're UPS, they're, they're all numbered the same. That's going to change. But for now, they actually have IERC uh, reporting marks and IERC numbers on them. So until I get to that point to where I can block out the existing car number and reporting marks and then actually, you know, uh, either permanently or temporarily put in my reporting marks and car number for that, if I want to operate, I can. I'm not going to be guessing, well, is this car, especially the four, those four UPS cars I got in, they're all, like I said, they're numbered the same. How do you distinguish, right? So I, I, I uh, decided let's use the post-it notes because A, you're not, if, if you do end up repainting the car or you do blocking out the section, you're going to clean it off with alcohol or you're, you're going to basically clean the surface off. You, well, I would think you would, you should. Um, so the post-it notes, easy to pull off. and Let's say you're, like I said, stated before, you're in the planning process. You're not sure. Maybe you are going to say you're going to be railroad ABC. And, um, and then you decide, you know what? I don't want to be railroad ABC. I want to change my whole freelance thing. I'm going to be a railroad XYZ. You know what? Just take that post-it note off, write a new one out and stick it on there. It's not permanent. Um, does it look the best? Well, not really, probably. Um, I'm sure there's modelers out there that would give you crap for it, but you know what? It's your railroad. Even if you never ever get to the point of you're going to repaint it, it's your railroad. It's not permanent. You don't have to worry about damaging that locomotive or that rail car, you know, at least in the meantime. So, you know, there's ways of doing it. Um, so I, I guess what I'm also trying to get at is I'm trying to put out there, don't be scared. You get, say you find a rail car, you like a paint scheme, say you like the CSX paint scheme or the Norfolk Southern or UP or whatever, you know, say you like that, but you, you, you don't want to model, you don't want to prototype model the BNSF or UP, but you like their paint scheme. Well, nothing says you can't buy. Well, just because I'm, I've, I'm getting some BNSF locomotives in or with CP better yet. I, um, just because, um, you know, I'm getting that CP locomotive in, I may change my, my mind down the road that for me on my railroad, the story is they're leasing it from the CP who knows, maybe after a five year or 10 year lease term or whatever, they decide they want to buy it. Okay. You know what? I, you know, I'll change the reporting marks out or the number or whatever I decide to do. And you know, it is what it is. I guess I'm just trying to get you, if, if you are apprehensive about bringing foreign power or bringing rail cars in, you know, like I, the UP car, uh, the UPS cars, I got a good deal on them. And, um, but there was only one road number. I mean, this person that I bought from, I think had like 10 or 12 of them. I only wanted four. And so, you know, it's, I, I guess I'm trying to encourage you 
um, if, if you are apprehensive about, okay, well, I don't, you know what, bring it in. And if you're not sure if you'll ever feel comfortable, grab a, grab a post-it note and uh, a pen and write on the, of course, on the sticky strip is where you're going to want to do it. Um, right on there, your reporting marks and whatnot, cut it out, stick it on the car. Even if you never change it, you know what? You have a different number or different reporting marks, that kind of thing. There's a lot of different ways that you can bring cars, locomotives into your railroad that maybe aren't fitting your freelance style or even prototype style. You know, if you're modeling prototype, let's say you can only find, um, you know, B and O box cars, but you're modeling the UP. Um, who's to say you can't bring those in and repaint them down the road? And but in the meantime, you know, throw a sticky note, uh, a small sticky note on there. You know, UP and whatever the number is. You know, twenty twenty three or whatever. So there's a lot of ways that one can bring in, incorporate. Um we'll call it foreign power, foreign road numbers, foreign cars, in a sense, um, into your railroad. And, you know, and you can get by with it until you're ready to repaint or whatever. So that's just something I want, I, I got thinking about because I, like I said, I've got, I just recently got some cars in and, and I've got four, um, locos coming. Um, all of which um, I have gotten one heck of a deal. I mean, the four cars and the four locomotives, I think I spent no more than 200 bucks on. So, I mean, I couldn't pass it up, but, um, but there are deals out there. So I just remember the, the, in the end, it's your railroad. Who cares what other people think? You know, you might have somebody come in, oh, that's not right. That, you know, does it really matter? You know, I mean, let, let, let people point out the, um, let people point out the wrongs, if you will, in their eyes. Um, first thing I'd ask them is, do you have a railroad? And if they say no, I'll be, I'd be like, you know what, then shut up, you know? Um, and if they say yes, okay, well, if you're, I would look at them as, well, let me see yours. And you go look at theirs, not to nitpick, but you know what? Hey, if they, if you feel, if you, let's say this happens scenario, they come to your, your, your house or where your railroad is and they kind of nitpick. Okay. So, um, and they happen to have their own railroad. Okay. And they invite you over. If you go there and you feel like, you know, they are a really good modeler and stuff and you'd like to learn some of their techniques or how they do certain things, then, you know, those that are nitpickers, you know, I guess this is kind of going towards them. If you're listening to this and you, you know, take a look at yourself, if you are a nitpicker a little bit, instead of nitpicking somebody who maybe is new in the hobby, or maybe they don't have the experience of scenery or painting or whatever, you know, instead of just flat out point out, well, that's wrong, you know, give them a suggestion say, Hey, can I suggest this to you? This is, this is what I noticed. Um, like, you know, like I get do with, did with you guys just here, you know, if, if, if you get a car and, you know, use a post-it note and, you know, just use the sticky part of the post-it note, stick it on there until you figure out that kind of thing, you know, be constructive and, and it doesn't even have to be criticism. Just try to be constructive instead of cutting somebody down. So, but on the flip side, it, it's your railroad. And if somebody comes in, you can be like, Hey, you know what? It's my railroad and you don't like it. Well, guess what? There's the door, <laughs> you know? So anyways, um, Thanks for listening to me on that. Um, after the break, 
we are going to talk about weathering track and um, not a lot onto it because there's several different ways of doing it and everybody has their own way and whatnot. Um, and honestly, it's one of those that you kind of have to find your own way to some degree. Um, and then I want to talk a little bit about using crushed walnut shells um, in place of ballast um, to try to save a little money if, unless, you know, I mean, unless you have unlimited income and you can put, you know, that's fine. Um, and then we will dive, uh, lastly dive into the review of the items Evan designs sent us. So stick around after the break and, uh, we'll keep the show on the tracks. Join the model railroad revolution. Go on over to patreon.com forward slash model railroad talk and become a premium supporter. By becoming a premium supporter, you get added benefits such as an exclusive private Facebook group, live videos while we record, access to the latest episode before anyone else, and more. Your support helps us continue to grow and support the Model Railroad Revolution. Go on over to patreon.com, that's P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com forward slash Model Railroad Talk to become a premium member today. We are back from break and the show is still on the tracks. So first half there, if you're just joining us, which you should have listened to the first part, I would think you would have listened to the first part, but anyways, uh, we were talking about adding and change well, adding cars and locomotives to your roster and changing them up to fit your railroad. Um, gave you a few ideas there on um, like what I use um, for my Iowa Eastern Railroad cars that my railroad cars and locomotives that are buying. I use post-it notes, the little sticky part of them just temporarily. And, uh, that way I've got identifying individual identifying marks on them. And then down the road when I get time, um, or whenever I feel I want to start another project, um, like one of, uh, like I say this, uh, one of our listeners, he was on uh, episode 18, Eric, uh, him and I were chatting today, you know, about getting projects finished and stuff. So, and starting new ones when other ones aren't done. So if I decide I want to start a new project, um, that'll be my project to start blocking them out and repainting them or whatever, you know? So, um, so the second half, um, we're going to touch a little bit on weathering track. And if you have not been over to our YouTube channel yet, um, we, I highly encourage you to go over there. We're, we're at 15, um, uh, uh, subscribers there. Um, we we're trying to go, we're trying to hit 50 so we can actually do live on YouTube as well. Um, and you know, and, and that's growing and I appreciate those, all the views we've had on our, our videos so far, it's growing just like this podcast is, it, it takes time to start out, you know? Um, but anyways, um, we're talking about weathering track. There are several ways of weathering track despite what anybody might tell you there's really not a right way or wrong way um the only thing that i would say would be a wrong way of weathering track is if it messes up the track okay physically so your trains can't run or like your turnouts i mean your turnouts you got to be careful like your points you want to make sure that you don't you know get pain in there and that kind of thing you know otherwise 
power won't go through. Um, but like me, I was trying out, I finally got my airbrush out. It's been stored away forever and cleaned it up and stuff. And I'm like, you know, I want to start, um, trying to figure out what color I want to weather my track. I'm not saying you have to weather your track. Some people don't. Um, it's, it's a personal preference. Me, um, I had my track weathered on my last railroad, but I've had railroads. I never touched it, never weathered the track. And, you know, you can throw ballast down and are you really going to notice? Most people probably won't, but for me, I know it's not weathered. You know what I mean? So it's kind of one of those things where it's your railroad. Like we keep saying this, it's your railroad. Do what you feel or don't feel um, you need to do. So I got my airbrush out and boy, I should have cleaned it up. I should have went through and took it apart and cleaned it up before I actually, you know, I took it out and made sure everything was working, but holy cow, that was, I, I created more work for myself because I didn't go through and do maintenance on it before I started using it. I mean, when I put it away, every time I've got my regular maintenance routine and, you know, we'll get into that. I'll probably do that. How I do things like, uh, do my maintenance on my airbrush in a YouTube video at some point, but, um, but I should have, yeah. I mean, I put it away and it's been probably 15 years since I've used it. And, you know, I took it apart, looked at it real quick. Okay. Everything looks good. It's not rusty, whatever. And hooked it up to my air compressor. And, um, I had air coming out and mixed up my paint and so on and so forth. And yeah, yeah. That, that, folks, if, if you have an airbrush that you haven't used in a while, um, and you're planning on using it, take it apart and clean it anyways before even if you put it away and it was cleaner than the day you bought it clean it before you use it if it's been stored for a while trust me from uh firsthand because it was a pain so anyways um so i got uh my yard i've got three of the tracks uh just i don't know maybe two foot three foot of the track of these three yard tracks weathered and they're at the end because I was experimenting with color and how I wanted to go about weathering it. Um, some people actually paint their track with a brush. Um, if you have heard of or go and look them up, Steve Brown of It's My Railroad on YouTube. Um, of course, he's in scale. And I understand, um, not cutting him down, he, he hand paints his track. And he, uh, which there's people doing it, not cutting him down. Hey, you know, and I kind of understand that end scale. It's the way I weather my track it would probably be difficult to get it the same effect doing it on like say his end scale because end scale is smaller the tracks are narrower and stuff so um once i figured out my color um give you a quick i guess um of how i do it is i figure out my rail or i'm sorry my uh, tie color that i want to use um even though i use uh, atlas code 83 track um the ties are yes dark brown but it's a plastic brown i mean let's face it how realistic is that now if that's what you want to go with you know what i'm not cutting you down but for me this is my railroad so um so i figured out the brown color just when testing and basically what i do is i take my airbrush straight above the track um in a sense and i start moving parallel with the track or the rails and i spray just straight top down and get my um my ties the color that I want them 
Well, then once I did that and cleaned the color out and out of the airbrush and stuff, and I got my next jar, I, I figured out and mixed up and all that good stuff. And there's several different ways of figuring out exactly what color you want for your ties and or your rails. Um, you can use just straight out of the bottle. Some people mix them. That's something that, you know, folks, you're going to have to figure out if you decide to weather your rails. It's your railroad. You're just going to have to figure it out. There's really no set formula other than making sure that paint, if you are going to airbrush, um, making sure that paint will go through the airbrush. That's the only thing you really have to do. If you're going to hand brush it, um, the only thing I can say is just maybe make sure the paint's not too thick that you will lose. Because if it's too thick, you're going to lose a little bit of the detail on the, um, a lot of the uh, manufactured track or, well, manufactured track, the, the railroad ties have a little bit of detail on them. And plus you don't want like gobs of paint in between the rails or in between the uh, ties. It just won't look right. And it'll make your, I've done it before and it'll make your ballast not look quite right. So, but other than that, you're going to figure out your paint. But then I, once I got my rail color figured out by trial and error and get my colors, um, what I do is I come to the side of the rail. So basically, um, I'm trying to figure out how to explain. Basically I'm shooting at the side of the rail is the best way, but I come at a low, low enough angle that I'm not really, yeah, I'm going to get some paint on top of the ties. I'm fine with that. But I get it to where I'm hitting more of the side of the rail versus, uh, you know, straight down. And I, I'm, but I'm not so low of an angle. I can't hit both rails at the same time. So I do that. Um, and it, it does, if you, if you're going to go, if you're going to try that, it's, it, it is trial and error. Um, and I also use, um, a little bit of a smaller, finer, whatever you want to call it, uh, spray pattern. Um, when I do the rails versus doing the, the ties, the ties, I pretty much, I've got a dual action airbrush. Um, and I pretty much just open it up and spray it cause I'm spraying a bigger area, but the ties, I, I, I use a smaller spray pattern. So once I did that, I got, uh, I let it dry. Um, and, and I only had to let it dry probably three hours, two hours, three hours. I let it dry. And then I went back with, uh, my track cleaner, which I just use an abrasive eraser. Um, I don't not cutting down the bright boy erasers and stuff, but there again, do I really want to spend premium, uh, premium, spend premium dollar on an eraser when I can buy something for that's less expensive and I can take that extra money and put it towards say buying the locomotives or cars for my railroad or lumber or whatever. So, um, prioritizing basically folks. Um, but Anyways, so I wanted to do that because I had seen on Model Railroad Academy, and we've talked about this. Uh, I did a, a review on it. I'm looking now. I want to say if I had it, episode 12. So if, if, if you want to listen to the uh, review on Model Railroad Academy, uh, go back to episode 12, and like we do our reviews at the end of the uh, episodes. Um, it is a very good resource. Um, I do the premium gold, whatever. I think it only cost me like, I don't know, 10 bucks for the year to get like everything. Sorry about that, folks. My, uh, laundry's done. Hey, um, so, uh, I use it off and on 
they've got great videos and stuff. And there's one that I went through and it said homemade ballast. And I'm like, well, you know, I, I've heard of people using sand and actual like dirt and rocks. They sift it, and do all this and that. And I'm like, well, um, I want to be able to ballast when it get, comes time to actually do the ballasting. I want to be able to ballast it. But I also, you know, sometimes buying a whole bunch of those uh, Woodland Scenic Shakers. Yeah, while they, I'm glad they have those in bulk rather than buying the smaller packs, you know, that can get expensive. And um, after seeing this video, I started looking it up and, uh, you know, I can get, and, and I've learned to just kind of base my pricing off of Amazon just cause I'm not gonna, I don't want to get into, uh, well, this hobby shops, you know, it's this and this, it just, Amazon's I feel is a good, you know, centering point, I guess, if you will. Um, but I bought an eight pound bag box, whatever of crushed walnut shells. Um, and that's what they used on, or they showed in this, uh, seven or nine minute video on model railroad Academy using crushed walnut shells, uh, as ballast. And so I got this eight pound box, which is equivalent of probably if, if I had to guess probably four to five of the big shakers of, uh, Woodland Scenics and I'm not cutting Woodland Scenics down at all. Trust me. If you have a small railroad, um, like, uh, you know, some of our listeners and some people do, you know, um, Benjamin as an, is a good example, you know, he's got just that small shelf out. I wouldn't necessarily recommend doing the crushed walnut shells. Cause I'm, I'm pretty sure the smallest I ever uh, mount I found was like four pounds. I, I guarantee you he four pounds, he would have it coming out of his ears. Okay. So this is more for railroads that are going to be bigger than I would say a four by eight sheet, you know, oval loop. If you're doing HO scale, um, you know, if you're doing more around the walls, bigger operation kind of thing. Um, but I, to start out price wise, I figured I paid roughly $35 for this eight pound bag that came in a box of crushed walnut shells. Now the size of the, of it compared to woodland scenics would be like, a, a fine to medium ballast. Okay. Of theirs for size. So it's pretty much perfect size for HO scale. You can use it for N scale potentially use it for O scale, but probably limited. Um, it may be O and three. If you're doing a narrow gauge for O scale, it would work. Um, but anyway, so compared to roughly 16 to $20 for a shaker, depending on where you buy it from of Woodland Scenics, you know, we'll just be on the conservative side Four shakers. You know, you're looking at, you know, between 65 and $80 depending on, you know, and then if, if you are ordering it, shipping and stuff like that, um, unless you have a hobby shop, you know, then I get it. Um, but you know, compared to 35 bucks and, you know, so also he shows in this now, mind you, it comes in kind of like a medium buff color. I mean, that's what the color of walnut shells are when they're crushed. You can't really order the crushed walnut shells in gray or like you can. So what do you do? Well, he also shows in this video, and uh, on the model railroad academy video that you use uh um like uh that dried pack uh was it packed or paint not packed or per, uh, i can't think of what it's called but it's it's uh like dried paint or or pigment you can use he uses pigment like paint pigment in there and he did basically he changed it three colors and then at the end he does four basically the ballast which is like a buff color um he did a like a reddish color 
um, a gray, and I want to say like a dark brown, brownish color. And yeah, you just it's easy to do, folks. You put the pigment in, depending on how much you have to figure out exactly how much ballast at a time you're going to do, and you know you have to figure out your your color, and you shake it up, put it on a towel or a t-shirt or paper towels, hit it with a little bit of 70% uh, rubbing alcohol and uh, let it dry. And then you can actually put it on. And he showed in this video where he spread out all four colors and then he went back and, you know, uh, glued it down to this test track and the color turned out great. It looks great. It, it looks just the same. And it's kind of neat instead of being, I guess, stuck to, available colors out there i mean obviously there's different manufacturers there's I, I don't know how many but i know there's at least three that i know of off the top of my head three manufacturers that make you know for ho and n scale ballast um there may be more but you know you're still limited to what they produce you know let's say you're modeling some obscure short line or something or something from back you know in the 1800s and you know the track section or, you know, the track back then used a different kind of ballast. That's what's nice about this. Yes, there's going to be trial and error getting your color and all that good stuff, right? But you can make your own ballast and your own color and, you know, that kind of thing. And for, especially if you have a larger railroad, for less money, there again, like me, I would rather, and I don't, I mean, while, yes, I like my track ballast and weather and all that, I don't really want to spend a lot of money on ballast because, you know, I'd rather put that money towards buying rail cars or structures or other parts of it or getting my railroad up so I can actually run trains farther than switching them in a yard, you know? Um, so it's something to think about if, if you like the idea of that, uh, you know, look it up. There may be YouTube videos on it. I don't know. Um, I do know on our channel, um, Model Railroad Talk on YouTube, I did do a video um, showing you guys what the ballast looks like or the wallet shells look like. You know, unfortunately, I don't have any Woodland Scenics ballast to be able to compare, show you comparison side to side. But, um, but you know, and then once I get my pigment in, because I did order some gray, because I'm not sure what color um, I'm going to go with. The pigment's supposed to be here tomorrow um which by the time you listen to this it'll it'll already be here folks <laughs> but um as soon as i get it in i'm gonna sit down and just do a little bit and then i'm gonna put some on my uh track um uh that i've already got weathered and i'm gonna so that way i can figure out what color i want do i want to go gray do i want to stay with the buff color that kind of thing um and i'll, I'll be doing a youtube uh um And uh, so, sorry about that, folks. I'm looking at um, something on my live. I'm doing live right now. But anyways, um, I, you know, I'm going to do a YouTube video on that. Um, on once I get it in, get it colored, laid down and stuff. So that way you guys can see, I guess, I'm only going to do test out the gray color um, compared to the buff color or whatever color the standard color is. but. Um, so yeah uh so look for that that'll be coming out well by, like i said by the time you guys hear this podcast it'll be out but it'll be on our youtube channel 
Um, if you, if you're interested in it, um, I know we're going to have that, but there may be others out there to do it. If you want to, uh, if you can't find it or you can't say, find the video on our channel, go to model railroad Academy. Um, unfortunately, because I am a premium member there, I don't know if that's one of the free videos that you can get out, but go to model Academy.com. It may be, they have a lots of free videos. So that might be one that you, you can see without signing up with them. So. Anyways, yeah, give it a shot. Um, if you have any questions, reach out to us, modelrailroadtalk at gmail.com or uh, go to our website, www.modelrailroadtalk.com. And yes, I'm making noise because I'm getting out our items for review. Um, or, you know, you can go to our YouTube channel. You can reach us there, Model Railroad Talk. Um, um, you can reach out to us through um the platforms here um you can go to our facebook page and reach out to us there's lots of ways to reach out to us you can give us a call 563-293-6530 uh 563-293-6530 trying to sound like radio here but (laughs) anyways um you can call us leave a message there um or send us a text message um and uh we won't we're not going to answer it's it's more or less a call in line let you guys um you know, if you do want us to reach back to you, we, we will, but anyways, time to move on to our review. So Evan designs folks, um, some of you may have seen them on Facebook or seen some of their advertisements from your Google searching or whatever you want to call it. Um, they are, um, basically they make, I want to say just model railroad stuff. I mean, um, if you go to their website, which is Evan Designs, so E-V-A-N Designs.com, um, they've, they make all sorts of like LEDs. They have like micro LEDs. I mean, small ones. Um, they make, you know, they, they have switches and, and power packs for them. And, um, and, you know, they make lights for dioramas and, and different, um, you know, different things. So it's not just model railroading stuff. So they sent us four different things for model railroading. Um, the first thing they sent us, um, was their size. It's, it's Z as in zebra of an led and they sent it to us in red. It is a seven to 19 volt AC DC, um, led. And I am telling you, first of all, this led is like, like a point we think of like pencil lead, you know, you have like your point, what is it? 07, 0.05, 0.03 or 0.3, 0. 0.5, 0. 0.7, whatever it is. This LED is probably in between the 0. 0.3 and 0. 0.5 for the size of it. It's very, very small. Um, we hooked it up. It is considering the size of it. It is very bright. I mean, it's not like bright. It's going to hurt your eyes. It's like the brightness is perfect for modeling, uh, for modeling, basically. Um, the LED comes in. Um, it's basically to where you can, um, um, you just plug it in seven to 19 volts, plain and simple AC or DC. Um, you can use it for ditch lights, cascation lights. There's several different colors. They sent us red, um, uh, end of train devices, that kind of thing. Perfect for it. Uh, um. I, I can't say enough about it. I mean, if, if I will tell you, and I'm very surprised because I've had it in and out of the package several times doing videos and stuff like that. And I'm telling you folks, it, 
the 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 quality of wire let alone that they use is great because i mean it's it's the wire's good even though it's very very small wire i mean i'm guessing probably 32 34 gauge for the power wire and the wire going to the led has got to be at least 38 to 40 gauge if not more so um so yeah um they're they're z and they have different sizes so they have uh I'm looking right now on their info. They've got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. They have eight different sizes of LEDs. They've got chip LEDs, which that's what the Z is. It is a chip LED. And then they have the bulb LEDs, which are your traditional looking LEDs, you know, with the little round top and stuff like that. So the second thing they sent us was Mars light. Um, and I'm sure many of you know a Mars light is basically uh it's used in railroading some railroads used it as like um um oh what do you want to call it like uh, uh uh so when the train's going down the tracks it's easier to see you have your regular headlight and this thing is a moving light um so uh and and it's an ac dc up to 18 volts it comes with like a little resistor computer board i don't know all their details you would have to get in contact with them but um, you can get it in several different um, LEDs, uh, colors, and sizes. So, And from the looks of it, you can get it in all their sizes of LEDs that they make it. Um, they sent me the 3 millimeter size. And this is great for UDC users. Um, if, you know, because it's hard to find stuff like this where, um, where uh, you want to put in those cool lights but you know unfortunately dc you don't have quite the availability that we dcc users have and this would be perfect for you dc users um it comes all self-contained like i said there again this is just something that you can hook up to a power supply and go it's got its own i guess mini circuit board for argument's sake that controls the light and the power going into the light the next thing uh, the third thing they sent us out of the four is they sent us um, a Fred flashing rear end device some or end of train device, depending on how you want to word it. Um, it's really, really cool. I never thought I'd ever want to use one of these, but after seeing this in, just because you see so many people um, where they put it on, whether they're using DC or DCC, um, so many people put it on and they on on one car and then that car always has to be at the back of every train right so their design you know it's not any different now mind you this is just the light portion of it it's not like the little actual led or i should say uh end of train device or fred device the box itself you would have to get your own end of train box and then put this light into it um but the one they sent me has the um nano so the nano led which would be their third to the smallest led um the cool thing is about this kit is you can either a wire it straight up to your track because this well this is i shouldn't say that this has got uh yeah yeah three volt okay so this is a three volt so you would have to step it down if you wire it to anything else so you'd have to get it stepped down to three volt but this kit comes with um, a three volt battery holder that has a switch built in and it comes with a battery. So you could figure out a way to make a 
and a train device that you can move from car to car. And, you know, then you can just simply take a piece of Velcro and say you have select cars that you want to put this on, put a piece of Velcro on the bottom, take it, you know, put it on there, flip the switch. And then when you're done, take it off, you know, um, really, really cool. It flashes at a great rate. It gives you everything minus the power and the car, obviously, that you need to get a flashing rear end device or an end of train device. Um, yeah, I, I'm very impressed with 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 that, the Mars light, and even the little LED. So, so far, Evan designs, great job, folks. Um, the biggest thing, the last thing that they sent us, I was very I'm not saying that I, I didn't like the idea or nothing like that. So that has nothing to do with it. It was kind of one of those things where like, okay, you know, that's kind of cool, you know, because they sent me ahead of time what they're sending, you know, and I'm looking it up and I'm like, you know, that's cool. I can't really see myself doing that. You know, you'd have to have special circumstances. But after I got it in, tested it out, um, I am definitely going to purchase a few more of these. So when I get to the point of doing my backdrop, I'm, I'm doing this. So, <coughs> excuse me, folks. So they sent me, it's called lightning circuit. Um, it's for use on AC and DC transformers with voltages up to 18 volts. And what it is, folks, is it's got two of their mega LEDs. And it's, uh, I'm looking here. Uh, I think it's cool. Or you can get it in different colors. I believe this one is the cool white color. Um, but folks, I'm telling you in it, and there again, you just, you can hook it up to a 12 volt supply. You know, you can put it in a switch, however you want to do it, folks. Um, all you got to do is hook it up. There's no other than wiring it to your power supply, however, or wiring it through a switch to your power supply. That's all you got to do. You, you don't have, it comes pre-soldered. Um, it's got its own little circuit board in there. I'm not, I'm telling you folks, I plugged it in, left it and I sat and watched it for, oh, three to five minutes. Because I'm like, okay, you know, at some point it's a circuit. So you're going to see a, a pattern repeat. Within that three, five minutes, I did not see any repeat, repeat of flashing. I'm telling you folks, if you like watching lightning storms, this is, you can make your own at home, folks. It is way cool. The lights, the two lights, they flash randomly. Um, different brightnesses, different. Uh, and if you watch carefully, you know, it's like lightning. You know, it's just. And their examples, you know, putting it behind like cotton on your backdrop and doing it. I am looking forward to being able to do my backdrop now. And I'm going to have one section where it looks like a storm coming in. So evandesigns.com, check them out. Very nice people, fast shipping, great products on my review scale, one to six. Overall, I give them a six. Very good, folks. Um, um, I give you guys, uh, I give you guys applause. Um, that was your, your products you sent are excellent, high quality. They, um, looking at their reviews, they have no problems. If something is not working properly, their, their, their stuff is warrantied, um, lim limited time warranty. Um, look them up folks. Um, and when you, when you do, um, I don't get anything for this. I don't expect anything for this, but let them know. Um, if you do go there, let them know. You so let them know, folks, where um, where you got it from, okay? Um, I, like I said, we don't get anything for it. Um, I'm not asking anything for it. I just want them to know that 
you got, you know, they're supported. So if you go there and they ask you where you, you heard about them from, let them know model railroad talk. Um, like I said, their products, I'm proud to say that, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm really proud to, to be able to do their, uh, review for them. Um, and, uh, I'm looking forward to seeing what other great products they come up with down the road. So thank you for listening folks. Um, that is the end of this podcast. Remember you can reach out to us through email, uh, model railroad talk at gmail.com. You can go to our website, www.modelrailroadtalk.com. You can call our number 563-293-6530. Leave a message, send a text message, however you feel more comfortable. Uh, check out our YouTube channel. If you haven't already, uh, go over there, like, and subscribe. Um, so we can hit our, our numbers and keep that growing. Just like our TikTok. we are so close to hitting a thousand on our TikTok channel. I thank you all for listening and supporting this podcast and this, uh, actually now production. Um, I'm excited with the future with, with what you, with you guys following us and, and supporting us like you are. Um, it just, it, it gives me the drive to continue on and to keep growing this. Um, check our website out. Uh, before I forget, we have forums on there, free to everybody forums and group pages that you can do. Um, it's free. All you gotta do is sign up. We don't, we don't bombard you or nothing like that. Um, we don't sell your info. Um, it's a simple sign up to create an account on there. Um, and, uh, um, uh, you know, uh, that forum I want to get going. Uh, so anyways, thank you for watching. Thank you for listening. Um, I will let you guys go. And until the next time folks, well, there again, I screwed up again. Uh, didn't have my sound ready. <laughs> go figure. All right, folks. Anyways, thanks for listening. Uh, until the next episode, keep your train on the tracks and be safe.